unfiltered, uncensored, and unapologetic. This is the Retail War Zone Podcast. All right, so we're going to hit the ground running. So this is a very special night because this individual, she's been involved in... Oh, Blame Tag has joined the fray. Greetings from scenic Toledo. Nice. Welcome. Welcome. We were actually just talking about you and how great a rider you are. But anyway, so uh, this fine lady was on the very first um, retail therapy sessions. Uh, she's extremely active on the retail twitter sphere um she has a lot of knowledge um she knows her stuff and you know i finally poked and prodded her enough to get her on here because you know she's in another country and there's time zones and all this other mess of stuff so having said that good evening cranky manager would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself sure um Yeah, I work for, I'm the logistics manager at my current job, work for a fairly large store, um, do, um, I don't know, about 20 plus million in sales a year in our store. Um, So lots of trucks in and out. Um, I ran the warehouse for a good two years before I went on my last maternity leave. Um, And now I'm back there again. And uh, it's my favorite part because you don't have to deal with customers nearly as much. <laughs> I mean, as a manager, they make me go out on the floor sometimes, I guess. But, uh, yeah, uh, we do everything, all sorts of household, household goods, hardware, uh, nuts and bolts, all that kind of stuff. Um, sporting, camping, uh, seasonal, garden center, kind of a little bit of everything, automotive. Everything basically but food, which is fantastic because... I've worked in a place with food before, and I really hate the the backdating and all that, and having to make sure everything. I mean, we have to do that with our pet food and stuff, and that's that's enough for me, <laughs> rotating that stock. Um, and then I've also before worked in a women's clothing store uh, in Canada, and those ones are small enough where you pretty much you do everything in the store, so there's not really technically a receiving, <laughs> but. Yeah, so that's a little bit about me. I'm not all that old, but I've got a lot of experience. Um, well, you know, I did see where where Blame Tag saw you across the water and said hi, neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm still quite far from oh. there, but you know, we'll pretend. <laughs> Blame Tag says dealing with food makes everything worse. Yes, it does. So, um, I know there was a message between, I believe it was you and me and Blame Tag, where we shared pictures of some of our trucks. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, you know, the whole the whole scope of this thing is, you know, we've talked about a lot of stuff. We do not or haven't really delved into like the logistics stock room receiving part of it. And, you know, that's one of the reasons, you know, that I reached out to you is because, you know, that's your primary core job. And we don't talk, we haven't really talked about that a lot. And, you know, I will say that the business I'm in, we do get a truck uh, just about every day, but it's broke up by departments. How many trucks a week do you get where you're at? Um, we get anywhere from four to five. Um, some are third party, just like deliveries or whatever, but they, you know, um, uh, and sorry, I'm trying to, I'm almost spitting out terms that are just like my store type deal. Um, so, uh, we get third party stuff and then we also get, um, like from our corporation, we get at least three, four trucks a week. And those vary in size from being full trucks, depending on the depot, or smaller ones. Because we have certain trucks that have all our, like, huge items, like our patio furniture and all that kind of stuff. And then we have other trucks that are all the small stuff, like our chemical that goes in household and our spatulas and all that kind of different thing. So, um, but usually a truck is going to be anywhere from 900 to 2,500 cubes. So, so, how many hours a week do you work? Me at forty. 40. So, no, are you salary or are you hourly? I am salary. Oh, I used to be out. I was hourly. The previous owner did hourly, which 
was nice because um, the overtime rules are really strict where I am. Um, and then this new owner came and the GM who is kind of terrible salaried us all because he just wanted us all to work overtime. Oh, so so how many how so. how many fifty hour weeks have you worked under new ownership? Uh, not all that many since that GM left. Well, I kind of refused to. I was like, I'm sorry, but like, you know, I'll do overtime every once in a while, but I am not becoming like a slave to this whole thing. Um, so I've done it a little more since, and we had some special project cause we moved stores and stuff. So like I did a little more then, but even still, I try to keep it mostly to like 40 hours. Although lately it's been like 45, but I try not to do too much, but they let us bank it. And so like, if we want to, if we have a day off or if we're sick or whatever, they kind of just, we don't have to use our vacation pay. Oh, so it's, so, so it's kind of like a, a uh, unwritten kind of banking like uh what's the word i'm looking for here a um a a trust thing you just trust that they're going to let you have that off yeah we do clock in and out so it's all oh okay all right so that's good so um they have us clock they still have us clock in and out so your main corporate trucks are they palletized (laughs) (laughs) the ones that come on the train from the other side of the country are the depot closest to us uh, the picture that I sent you where everything was falling out as soon as we took the retaining wall off. Yeah, that truck ne- that comes from the depot, they used to palletize everything and they palletize nothing now. And it's just, they pile it all the way to the roof and all the way to the back and they don't seem to care how it goes on there. So we'll get a couple things, like if we get a pallet's worth of something, we'll get pallets off that truck. But no, for the most part, everything is loose. Well. Well, number one, congratulations that you actually had a retaining wall. I don't see those. <clears throat> I don't ever see those. Um, but you bring up a good point. So not palletized. And, you know, it's amazing to me that some genius out there figured out, you know, the square footage of an actual pallet. And they're like, you know, due to freight cost and, and, and you know, fuel and everything, they're like, oh, you know what? Let's just make it harder for the stores so we can pack more on these trucks and let's just stack it from the floor to the ceiling front to back. Yeah, pretty much. Well, and I know we were, I was talking with my receiving staff last week when we were doing one of these trucks, and it's just like we have five to six hours for an offload. But, like, sometimes it just feels like you're getting nowhere. Like, you're like, oh, you know what? We got so far and we're almost done. And then you're like, because you can see the wall. But then it's like, nope, that's probably still another hour's worth of work because it's stacked so, like, all the way to the roof. And there's so many little things. And, like, one time we had uh, a pallet. And then they put another pallet on top to make it, like, level. But they used a package of freezies um, on top of an oil barrel. Oh to level the top palette. <laughs> so we had freezy juice all over everything because obviously it couldn't take the weight. Imagine a full palette of, uh, well, I'm going to say like chest high on me and I'm 6'5", a palette of say 25 pack spring water. And then they put another palette on top. And on that palette is like spaghetti sauce in jars. And, and they only wrap it like twice <laughs> so these drivers th- as soon as they hit the brakes if there's no if if those things aren't like if there's not straps or anything goodbye right and you, yep. and it's terrible now uh hero asked do you guys have rollers yes uh, i hate rollers <laughs> we yeah, we have rollers. I hate, okay, so we used to have these big old heavy ones that you would like put on a stand and you'd have to carry them and like old school, right? You'd attach them and you'd put them on a stand. Oh, so now we got these CVS had those. Tents. So they're really heavy. And actually, they weren't, I didn't think they were that bad. And so now we've got these new ones that are on wheels and they like are expandable or whatever. They're called Nestaflex. Okay. Either way, I hate them because you can't drive them anywhere. Like, there's no clips to keep them together so you can, like, actually move them out of the way. So we bungee them, but then they're just snaking all over the place and hitting people in the back of the heels. But, yeah, we do rollers. We have enough to go all the way to the back of the truck because 
um, at least two of our, the two largest trucks that we get every week are all loose. So, all right. So you've got Nestaflex rollers, which is, it really sounds like your trucks were identical to what I was dealing with and what Mad Dog was dealing with for uh, the at home company that we worked for. But our Nestaflex, they had this like hook at the end where you could hook a second one to it. You don't have that. You have to actually bungee them together. No, we have a hook like that, but I mean, like, when you actually put them together to put them away, they don't hook Oh, together. I got you, I got you. They just, so, like, when you try to move them anywhere, sh- you have to have two people. And even then, it's so hard to control them. It's freaking So, So, you're receiving stuff. All right, let's say you get a corporate truck, full 52-foot, you know, top to bottom. How much staff do you have, and how long does it take you to unload the truck? Uh, we always have four staff for a full truck and we are usually given, it depends what's on it because they actually, our offload times flex depending on what's on the truck and we actually get uh, like a paper that tells us how many totes, how many um, high cube things, how many uh, boxes or case loads, how many pallets we'll get. Like, uh, So depending on what's on it, it can be anywhere from five to six hours. Okay, so... I want to see how similar we were. Okay. Um, do you guys sell rugs by any chance? Oh, okay. So I feel your pain. Um, you know, uh, the way we had to do it was, you know, we had a receiving manager and like four people. And the concept was, this is what our company told us that we had to have done. We had to have that truck unloaded. And the way we did it, I don't know if you guys just stage stuff. When the way they wanted us to do it, we'd have the rollers and we'd bring the product in. We had people on a line opening the boxes, taking the product out, putting on a cart. And that was the process. And we were expected to have an entire truck done in 48 hours from unload to stock. And that and that was the receiving crew's job. Is, do you guys have something similar, or are you guys just unloading it and like dropping it off in certain locations in your back room? Uh, so it's changed depending on the owner. But the way we currently do it now is the floor staff do the stock. Um, we have cage carts, so we unload them. Um, the different thing about my company is that we actually use product numbers and every product has a location. And so instead of going by UPC and just knowing in general area or aisle something goes in, actually when you scan it, it gives you an exact like four foot section where that product goes. Oh, wow. So, um, so we scan everything, but we can just scan our shipping labels and our computer will tell us it's then zoned. So our computer tells us what zone to send it to. So then our carts are split based on our zones. And so, um, like, currently we have 10 zones, and there's basically two for every um, department. So then we split them into those, and then department staff take them. We do have a very small primary fill crew, um, but uh, right now it's only three people because we had some people leave for other job opportunities. Because... well, you know, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so, um, but yeah, mostly the floor staff does the stuff. We don't have to put it out. Um, we are more worried about our warehouse, which is 30,000 square feet. Wow. So, so it's big. So am I, am I right? You just said, do you scan every box that comes off the truck? Yeah. All right. So at, at home, we basically keyed something into the gun and, it automatically received the whole truck. So somebody asked, uh, Mad Dog asked, do you get to know what you're getting? So do you get a manifest that actually shows you what product you're getting beforehand? Yeah, I could print off an invoice. If I have the invoice number, I could print it off and see what I'm getting. I can see if I'm getting a special promo deal so I can go talk to the promo manager and say, hey, you're getting four skids of this. Have a spot open for it. Um, We're in the process of changing that because Corp has come up with a new way to do it. We'll see how good that is. <laughs> um, but the what it used to be when I was in charge before is we would look at the invoice. It could tell us if we were getting promo stuff. It would tell us if we were getting a large amount of um, 
anything really. It would tell us if we're getting our Christmas merchandising and that's all even categorized by essentially a deal number. And so then we could like, oh, we're getting four skids of Christmas. Let me go make room for four skids of Christmas because Christmas isn't set up yet, but then we don't lose the product. Wow. So uh, I'm going to ask Mad Dog to chime in here because I don't really remember. I'm pretty sure at at home, we, we were not able to print a manifest at all. We, we had no idea what was coming. We would be, I think, Mad Dog, correct me if I'm wrong, we got a report that showed how much seasonal we had coming. Is that right? But, um, it, yeah, we, we didn't have that visibility. And so, you know, do you, I, I don't know. I mean, it does sound like your situation is a lot better than most because I think you have some sort of heads up. Um, Irish Connection asked, how do you feel about newbies and goods inwards slash receiving? Um, do they just get in the way? Or are you happy to have the help? Uh, well, <laughs> last year when I had almost nobody in receiving, I was happy to have them. Um, it, I offloaded a full truckload in seven hours with a person who had never done a truck before. It was just him and I. Um, so that was fun. <laughs> um, but no, it, it really depends on the person. Are they good at listening? Cause there's some people that are just like heads in the cloud, like, la, da, da, this is cool. We're in the back. I don't have to deal with customers. And they just kind of, you know don't really do anything um but it just depends like if they have experience at some point with doing stock of any kind usually it's not so bad but it can be a struggle to have newbies um back there i'm currently training new people actually currently none of my none of my warehouse staff except for three have been there longer than eight months wow so it's been it's been well you know that that's a hard department to hire for I mean, it really is. And, 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 you know, in a situation like yours, you know, where you've got so much freight coming in and, you know, you, you got a lot of cubes to deal with, it's freight replenishment. And that's, that's another key to this is, is, and it's different. Okay. I, I want to put this out there right now. It's much more different than where I work currently, but in the big boy retail world, the receiving operation in the back room is one of the most important things. I mean, it feeds the beast, right? 100%. So you've got your turnovers higher. You've got all this stuff going on. Um, how are you guys on backstock? Like, for instance, when you get your trucks in, are those auto replenish or actually ordered by somebody in the store? Owner orders everything in the corporate store. orders. Like, no owner. owner. So, um, but it'll populate, like, it's a little bit of a compli complicated system, sort of. Um, basically, what happens is as long as it's an active product, which every product is given a code for our specific store that it's active, um, as long as it's an active product, once we get down to whatever his order point that he has set is, um, then it populates an order for him. So for something, it might be it might be a high seller. So when we get down to 20, it populates an order for him to order more. Some things, he lets it get to just one before he's going to order something else. So it really just depends um, because he can decide what works best for him. But then, like with the move now because we're bigger we also have some stuff that are still coded as not something we carry in our store because we used to be such a small mm -hmm. store and it won't repopulate those orders for him automatically when we sell them so we can we can get to zero and we have all these holes in our store and he doesn't realize that he's actually missing the orders got you so and it's not it's not like stores because i know like um this owner used to work for Walmart and he said, you know, you would go down on the floor and you would have your hand held and you could order from the floor, but he can't do that in our system. Right now. So you keep talking about the owner and I'm, and I'm pretty sure we discussed all this prior to the, the retail therapy sessions, but that's been a long time. Now this is a major chain, but it sounds like it's almost like franchised. Is that right? Yes. So, and honestly, the majority of people have no idea that we are not just corporate stores. Um, people are 
heck of surprised when we tell them like because like store to store transfers and stuff are more difficult because literally we're buying it from the other store and the other store has to decide to sell it to us and uh, we have to share a truck ah. <laughs> basically like so it's like actually kind of complicated and we do that with stores around us but um yeah most people don't realize that because it is one of the larger corporations and uh but yes it is a, a type of franchise got you it's not a full-on franchise because they do the owners do move around, but it's not it's not a corporate. Store. It sounds very convoluted, to be honest with you. That sounds like a whole lot of cooks in the kitchen. There are. Yes. Uh, Hero asked, "Is it all boxes, or do you have to deal with like totes?" Oh yeah, we got totes. Um, our truck coming on Wednesday is going to have 131 totes on it. Wow, where I work. Uh, one, a couple of departments actually comes in and totes. And then when I worked for CVS, um, anything that wasn't bulk was totes, you know. And the thing about totes are great. They can hold a lot. But I really love how the warehouses will just mix like nine kinds of shit in one tote that you got to dig through. Right. <laughs> yeah. I- yeah, we have to. Well, I'm, the way our receiving works is we have to scan everything. So when those 131 totes come in, we'll get ones that'll have maybe even all five departments in them, and we have to pull them out, scan them, and then we essentially have a wall of totes that we sort into and then send off to different departments. Yeah, that, I mean that. God, that's crazy. All right, so in our job in big boy retail, all right, and and. And I have to make this division because I'm in a different business now. All right. There, there's a huge difference between what I do now and big boy retail. Now, you know, in, in the environment, like say, for instance, at home or even like Dollar Tree or whatnot, where you're dealing with a, a bunch of turnover and merchandise, the back room is a big deal because if you let it get away from you, and, and I'm sure you know this from experience, if it gets away from you, yeah you know one one week it, that snowballs into like a really really bad thing so let me give you an idea Absolutely. about working for at home all right so they told us we had to have these trucks pulled and processed in 48 hours okay and we were not allowed to accept the next truck until the trailer that we got was empty all right under normal circumstances we would get three trucks a week like a monday wednesday friday but then all of a sudden, what happens is the holidays come. And they don't let you know. They don't tell you. They Nobody that has any kind of cojones to, to, to change anything stops it. And you get a phone call one day that you realize you're getting like five trucks in a row, day by day. Okay? You can't flip a truck in 24 hours. So what happens and this is this is goes through Garden Ridge and at home. You have to go in and unload load unload those trucks, palletize them yourself to empty that trailer. I went through a point in time where I, I managed to get the freight completely down. I got hit with four trucks in a row and wound up with a hundred and twenty pallets of merchandise that had to be worked because we couldn't take in another truck unless we had an empty trailer out there and then got yelled at because it wasn't worked. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, can you imagine that? I mean, I'm just like, are you kidding me right now? And I don't know, like, there were about three or four times during my career there where, well, career that I'm using that term very loosely, but um, uh, where I had a, a co-manager who wasn't worth a shit and she didn't want to do any work and it was my day off and she had plenty of staff to unload the truck and she lied and said we didn't. My DM called me and told me to go unload it and I had to unload a tr- four trucks by myself and you know, I had to palletize everything because it was just me. But I'm here to tell you that I was able to unload a 52-foot truck in four hours. Oh, my yeah. Lord. It insane. sucked. It was awful. So so I know you have your own challenges there, but trust me, 
ma'am, it could be so, so much worse. Um, Irish had a connect, had a um, question just a second ago. Let me see if I can find it. A good old Irish connection. Okay. What is the most expensive breakage or, i.e., damage you've seen in receiving? I don't know. We get a lot, honestly. Um, I mean, we'll, we'll damage out patio furniture all the time because, like, this this comes from the the people that just can't seem to pack to save their lives. They'll put heavy crap on top of like them. So there is a twenty five hundred dollar um, patio set that we damaged out last time. Because well, and we always err on the side of caution because the court has to pay the owner for it if it comes damaged. So if the box is really squished, because like, you know, that patio furniture is like that wicker kind of whatever. So if it yes. gets squished, then pretty much you're, you're screwed, right? It's not going to go together. Correct. So, I mean, $2,500 patio furniture all the time. Like there is, I, there's one truck we got, they actually called us because they were mad because we damaged, but we damaged five of them. They're like a twelve, thirteen hundred dollar set. So we damaged five of them off the same truck, and they called and they're like, "Did you really mean to do that?" And I'm like, "Yep." Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they should learn how to pack better. <laughs> like, you don't put heavy stuff on them. Like, I get that they're big boxes, but it's cushions and wicker, and you're putting, you know, lawnmowers on top of them. <laughs> wow, it makes. I have since I've been back and doing what I'm doing now. I, I am 110% on the whole thing that if you are going to work in a warehouse and you are somebody that has to load pallets, you have to spend one solid week with Legos, one solid week playing Tetris, and one solid week with Lincoln Logs before you get the job. 100%. I agree. Because <laughs> I mean, it's ridiculous. It, it is. Some of the stuff I see, I mean, we will look at some of these, these pallets and we're like, who thought this was a good idea? Let's, you know, let's put, you know, cases of whatever that's heavy on top of boxes of powdered mashed potatoes. Who thought this was a good idea? I mean, well, yeah, we got some, we got a pallet full of gun safes the one day. They were all upside down. They're like 35 gun gun cases. Or, uh, oh, those, and God, those are safe. so heavy. Right? Yeah. And, yep, all of them were upside down. Like, really, guys? <laughs> you guys have pickers, probably, and, like, all the stuff. We can't even get a forklift onto our truck, and you're putting these things upside down like we get a power jack. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Well, you <laughs> know. work out today. I, I, I work in a business, and, and it's not just where I'm at now. I, I think it really goes for most retail. You know, at home did have a forklift that worked half the time. But everywhere else I've ever worked, I, I don't understand why the businesses we work for won't invest in at least just one electric pallet jack. Just one. Just one. Because some of the, the nonsense that you get on these trucks is like, just one. Number one, it would keep people from getting hurt. <laughs> you know, number two, it would keep people from breaking their backs. But everybody refuses to do it. We're all walking around with a Clark, you know, um, <laughs> crown, you know, pallet jacks and whatnot that, that when the hydraulics go out, they suck. Yeah. And and it's just like, come on, man. Can you can you guys not take care of the warehouse folk for just a little bit? I mean, can we get just one? I mean, we we could chain it up, you know, and only X amount of people can use it so nobody breaks it or is riding around the store on it. But can we get just one? Just one. So, so I guess I'm spoiled then because we have one. We used to have oh, you suck. one. Um, well, but here's the thing is because it's an owner, if we do a worker's comp claim, his insurance goes up, right? Oh, it's not like some corporation. True. So he really doesn't want people getting hurt, um, like in general. But um, well, that's, yeah, so that's, we have an electric pallet jack and we have a reach truck and we have... Uh, forklift. Well, and, and that's the point because, see, maybe these businesses need to look at it that way because that investment in that one electric pallet jack will cost you a whole lot less long term than, like you said, workman's comp claims. 
Well, I mean, you think like we, soil. I mean, you ever try to pull a thing of soil, right? Soil's freaking heavy. Yeah. Like, and water softening salt, like where I am, water softening salt is big. We'll, we'll go through pallets and pallets and pallets of that stuff. And I mean, the bags themselves are. Yeah. 40 counts. Sorry, I'm trying to do the kilogram. Yeah. Oh, the <laughs> kilogram. They're, they're 20 kilograms, so they're 40 pounds, a little over 40 pounds each. And, uh, yeah, then you get a pallet full of 56, I think it's in a pallet. That's heavy. That's freaking heavy. And how, you're, you get a nice leg workout. Um, how, how's your warehouse with wrapping? Are, are, they, are they pretty decent? Like my own personal staff. Well, no, like no, the trucks that. Well, oh, that's right. Never mind. Your floor loads. Never mind. So. Um, well, we do have one. It's funny though because we have one that comes because it comes on the train from the other side of the country, and then they pick it up in the larger center close to us. Right. And they wrap the heck out of those things. Like they. They go round and round and round. One of the guys the other day was just saying to me, he's like, "Man, you know, I feel bad sometimes about not recycling some stuff." But then I come to work, and I see this, and it's like, what, like, me doing anything isn't going to change anything. Yeah. So. Well, I, the one thing I will notice, and, and this is to anybody that, that works in a place that's palletized, after, like, okay, my particular job at this moment in time, all right, what I do is I'm actually in a back room most of my day, and we unload the truck, Okay. And then I separate those pallets by aisle. Okay. Love it. Absolutely love it. Great gig. No customers, no nothing. But what happens is when you do that for a while, you start to realize certain things are always going to be certain pallets. And I guess it's the software that they use, you know, as they're picking. But we always have this one pallet. And, I, and ladies and gentlemen, I want to let you know, I am six five and a half. I am a tall dude. I'm pulling pallets off of these trucks that are taller than me, and the very top layer are like cases of like 12-pack, 12 12-ounce 12 dill pickles. Glass, like right up on the top. And it's like, who thought this was a good idea? Fix your software because... You're doing crazy stuff right now. And if you've got a driver who's new or a driver who had to slam on his brakes or whatnot, you, you'll see this pallet and it's leaning. And you're like, oh, shit, that is not making it off the truck. So here in the south, it's 102 degrees. We're in a trailer and we've got to downstack this damn thing, which would be fine. You know, no problem. But who designs this software who decides that it's a good idea to have all this heavy merchandise on the very top of a pallet the middle of the pallet's like baby food then there's like pouches of stuff it is it's the craziest thing i i think the people that write the software should play tetris as well because they have no fucking clue what they're doing they just need to come work for us for like literally like three days and see the nonsense. <laughs> yeah. But like even well, because we got like I said, we moved right, so we're in a bigger center or a bigger store now. So of course, Corp has to come and set up the uh, warehouse with their efficiency, whatever the heck that is. Um, but I'm literally tearing it apart and redoing it because it doesn't work. It's like, have you ever met an owner? Have you ever looked at how? they order because this is absolute nonsense so we sell like garage organization stuff right so we've got these 72 inch uh tall cabinets and they're heavy as heck because they're for the garage so they're made out of steel and whatever and of course they're in tiny boxes so the boxes you know end up weighing between 75 and 100 pounds so the palace they ship them on you can't put a forklift on from the side but they tell us, oh, yeah, you can just high bay all that stuff. So just throw them up in an upper thing with the reach truck. But in order to do that, we have to take them off the pallets they ship on, put them onto a check pallet so that we can actually go in from the side and put them up. And then they take up two spaces instead of one. <laughs> and I'm like, we are not doing that. If I have to restack them, they're going to be restacked on the ground where literally anyone from the floor can get them because you know the one time someone comes in to get one of these beasts, 
there's not going to be anybody in the warehouse who can do a reach truck <laughs> for whatever reason. Right. And, you know, so like, but the owner told me, he's like, just make it work for us. He said, I think he's like, people who work for corporate couldn't make it in a store. So that's why they work at corporate. Oh, well, that's a, that's a good <laughs> statement to hear because that's true. Right. I, 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 it's it's just insane to me because, you know, it, it we have stickers on our pallets that show like how well we're supposed to. Most pallets have a sticker on it that shows how many cases are on these pallets, and you'll look at it and you're like, "Oh, this." I mean, I kid you not. We pull pallets to have like 450 cases on it. Yeah. And and is. It'd be okay if it was stacked all right, but right. every one of these people would fail at Jenga. They'd fail at, I mean, they, they wouldn't make it past level one in Tetris. It's just awful. And it's just like common sense tells you, all right, so you got this, this soft, squishy box, right? Why would you, why would you put it to your point? Why would you put a safe on top of this squishy box? Oh, because, you know. It's the thing to do. Uh, I want to go through some stuff here in the chat because we've had some good stuff come through while we've been yakking. Um, Nightmares in store says Tetris is a good learning tool. Um, Let's see. Joey K says we had nothing but a broken pallet jack that shook violently when you moved it for a while. (laughs) Oh, no. Uh, Irish asked... In your store, is working receiving considered a good job because you don't deal with customers? Uh, sort of, but uh, we've always had a hard time. Because, see, the problem is, is in receiving, we can actually track how much you do. And you don't have the excuse of, oh, well, customers interrupted me. Although we've had a few pop their heads in the doors. Biggest pet peeve when a customer does. Oh, I hate that. Their head in the door and says, I need some help. Good for you. Go away. <laughs> <laughs> I'll call someone. Go away. Um, but, uh, yeah, people, there are a lot of people that like it. Um, but the whole moving fast thing. Um, sometimes I kind of have to be the mean person be like, all right, I've literally told people like you need to walk faster. They're just like moving slow as molasses. Um, but, uh, yeah, most people like it because you don't have to deal with customers as much, but, uh, we still go out on the floor a fair amount, putting large stuff out or helping people with lifts and whatnot. But yeah, it's, so it's 50, 50. So what's your turnover been? I mean, are you losing people, you know, in, in that position? Because, look, I mean, warehousing, and, and once again, I'll say it, warehousing where I work is totally different from warehousing I came from. Warehousing I came from would make the people that work the warehouse where I'm at cry. Okay? I mean, it, that, that really is, is truth. So is your turnover pretty high or you're able to retain people? Because it, it's a hard job. Honestly, until last year where we had a really like a new and pretty awful GM come in. Um, the receiver had been there for the logistics manager had been there for 14 years. The receiver had been there for a decade, I think like the main two. And then, um, it, you know, whoever helped that was kind of a higher turnover rate, but I found with hiring, like I got these guys who want to work the warehouse because they think it's an easy job because they think they can just mess around in the back. Oh, no, 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 no. That's not true. (laughs) Like, guys, literally, this is the only part in the entire store that we can actually go on the computer and measure exactly how much got done. Yep. So just messing around in the back isn't a thing. Um, But, yeah, so, I mean, um, it it hadn't been terrible, and then we kind of had this really awful manager, um, and then... He left, and now I think it's kind of balancing out. I need to have a few more hires. I'm hoping this new supervisor I hired is good. <laughs> oh, so do you get to hire your own people? Yeah. Well, yeah, they, that's what they want. Well, since since the GM left, yeah, we want the store manager that we have now. It's like everybody should be able to hire their own people. Oh, my God, that's a novel idea. <laughs> right? Well, and that's just it, right? Like, and I mean, before the GM did most of it, but he was actually good at hiring. Oh. <laughs> so it wasn't so bad. But, um, 
you know, it just, it really, it, it always depends on the manager because some people are just not very good at reading people and they take everything for face value and you're like, I don't know what this person said to you, but they're terrible. Well, you know, you bring up a good point because, you know, most places that I've worked on, on the hardcore retail side of things, they give you like this checklist of questions to ask during the interview that somewhere about halfway into my career, I decided F those. I'm not using those anymore because it it always turned out bad. But, yeah. you know, there are people that interview great <laughs> that just wind up being awful. It's true. Actually, the best piece of advice I um, I got from a friend who's manager, and she said, you know what, at least make sure there's some point in the interview where you just let them talk. You don't really ask questions. You just kind of, you know, get them talking. And she said, usually that gives you a much better feel for whether or not they're going to be a good person. And I've had several people talk themselves out of their jobs because, like, holy cow, like once they started going like off the prep type questions that everybody gets, they were just, uh, it was like red flags everywhere. And then I've had other people who didn't do as well answering those questions, like the formal ones, right. and then they did a lot better when they were just talking and I hired them and they seemed to do better. And I, mean, I don't have a perfect record for hiring, but it's not bad. So, um, but yeah, I had one lady, she kept joking about day drinking and then like when she was talking kind of off script and I was like, um, maybe not. Wow. Well, you know, and, that, and that's the thing because the, the interview process has become so much cookie cutter that people prepare. I mean, they literally prepare for these questions that they're seeing like Glassdoor and Indeed and whatnot. And you're right. I mean, the advice you got was great. Let them ramble for a minute. You know, give them the the space to say what they want to say. And that's where you find out the truth. That's where you're like, uh, that'd be a no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was, it's been really helpful for for some people for sure so yeah uh, but uh hero asked okay we we talked about this before stream uh hero asked do you have to deal with extreme temperatures yes well uh we just got off a week of well for irish 40 <laughs> um so basically uh, between 90 to 100 and then in the winter time it's well this last winter we had several days of minus 50 um so we just put sweaters on and good thing we're moving yeah uh but uh we have heaters usually we have small heaters like stuff if it comes in damaged and we can use it sometimes we'll just keep it and uh, not sell it on our damaged area or whatever so sometimes we have space heaters and stuff when it's really really cold I want to I want to give a shout out to Erica here because this this is an amazing thing to see. You may not see it much. I do see it in my business. She says, "I always found watching the slow motion descent of a pallet dumping after it doesn't clear the trailer while being unloaded pretty amusing. Fascinating how much destruction is created as a result." <laughs> yep. Well, actually, our old store, funny thing is, our old store, the, because the building was so old, it was actually about six inches shorter, a receiving door, than a truck. Ooh. And so we, we would have to offload, you know, some of the pallets before we could get them off. And every once in a while, we wouldn't quite measure properly. And you get a few things with, like, hope nobody's behind there. <laughs> nice. We we don't measure. We we kind of eyeball it. And I've seen some pallets recently make it through the door. I mean, we're talking like a piece of paper thin that they made the clearance. I mean, there's some that we see obviously that we know aren't going to make it. But for sometimes we'll we'll, we'll just kind of go for it. And sometimes some people go cowboy and we wind up flipping a pallet because they're like, I can get it, you know. And that's a a male machismo kind of thing where it's like, I can do this. Oh, nope. You survey says, no, you could not, <laughs> you know, it's just, just kidding. Yeah. You're like, nope, my bad. But, um, so let's talk a little bit about, all right. So you're over the logistics operation. Are you over the backstock as well? Or are you just over the unload, put it where it goes process? Oh no. Everything. Everything. The entire warehouse is mine. Okay. Um, which I love. Um, so all of our overstock, um, which also 
we are different from other things because now you know how I said everything has like a four foot location on the retail floor. Right. Everything has an eight foot location in the warehouse. Oh, okay. So every shelf has a location and it's well when people do what they're supposed to do <laughs> um, everything is located and delocated as it comes on or off um, the the warehouse ones aren't permanent it's just kind of where there's room and then we generally keep like department stuff together so that if you can't find something and you go up and look it'll be but we do have a an upper warehouse and then we also have like the high bay and then we have like a lower for kind of big stuff that doesn't really now, the floor now, correct me if I'm wrong. You said your warehouse is 30,000 square feet? I did. <laughs> oh, my this is our God. Our previous one was about 10,000. Oh, yeah. my God. Mine's tiny. Like, compared to that, that's like a thumbnail. It, it, it's, it's, it's not. The warehouse that I work we, in is, like, small. <laughs> we are one of the largest ones in our company in the area that we're in. So um, they went, actually, it was funny because they went, they've gone through different changes through the, the company's history where it was about half and half retail floor warehouse. And then they're like, started making the warehouse smaller and smaller and smaller. And then it was too small because they didn't have enough stuff. And then now they're kind of, it's more like, I think it's like one third basically now is about the rule of thumb that they have. Um, but there are, there are owners who have offsite um storage basically because they don't have enough room in there for all their high cube stuff like the uh, patio furniture or whatever we also have sea cans we have we have sea cans that we keep stuff in as well so as, as far as seasonal goes do you have dedicated space for like the different holidays like like how much space do you have allocated say for like Halloween or Christmas. It, I, I don't even know if Halloween is a thing in Canada. So forgive me if, if I've, I've offended anybody. But no, it is a thing. Okay. Just checking. Um, you, Halloween's much smaller than Christmas. Um, our whole seasonal area, well, it's a little different this year because now we're bigger. But um, our whole seasonal area basically would get gutted. Uh, we would keep a few things out, rakes, hoses, uh, hosens, that kind of stuff uh, for the wintertime. But when it's minus 50, nobody's really looking for that. Right. So, um, <laughs> so um, we basically would gut it all, all the grassy, all that kind of stuff gets stored for the winter. We try to sell through, obviously, as much as possible to store as little as possible. But essentially, Christmas takes over our seasonal department between uh, the decorations and the toys and all that kind of stuff. Um, but Halloween is usually, I don't know, two or three valleys, um, maybe a little more. Um, how long are you? How long are your valleys? Like 24, 28, 32 feet? Uh, I'm trying to think. 12 sections of four feet each. Something like that. Uh, I think are the new ones. So whatever that. Wow, well, that's is. pretty big. So twelve sections of four feet. That's two. Uh, Ten to twelve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty good. It's about average. So. So yeah. So I mean, we're bigger. We're more. We would be similar to like a Walmart type deal. Um, so yeah, lots of area. So, but for Christmas, definitely we always have tree trim. Like we have several different categories. We have tree trimming, we do trees, we do Ooh. indoor decor, there's outdoor decor, there's lights, there's like so oh, much. That brings up a really good point. Is your department in charge of displaying Christmas trees? Nope. Oh. That's oh, that's the merchandising team. They're they're different. I mean, we work very closely with the merchandising team, and thank goodness, I love our merchant manager. She's fantastic. She's been there for a decade. I love her so much. And uh, yeah, she deals with all that. Oh, that is awesome because I've got pictures I've shown people at work from where I worked at the hair the horrible at home store where I had put together like a hundred Christmas trees in a day. It's like, oh, this is terrible. But, hey, yeah. thank God you had somebody other to do that. Now, on your Christmas trees in Canada, do they do the same thing? Like you have tip pull tickets and you got tree A, tree B, tree C? Nope. We put them straight out on the floor. Oh. Well, we make piles. Of oh, them, so you don't have like a pull ticket kind of thing? They just grab what they want and go? Yeah. Oh, my God. That's amazing. And if it's not on the floor, they just ask an associate, and then the warehouse staff usually brings it out for them. 
Um, so yeah, we we have like, well, okay. So in previous years, it's been essentially like we make tables with light duty racking, like light duty warehouse racking, basically. Right. And we would just stack the trees on there, and like we have the labeled so you know what the display trees are, and then people just grab them off the table. And, you know. Oh no! Like at home, they would go, they would see the tree on display. There was a little pull ticket that they pulled. They go up to the register and they're like, "I want tree E," and then they're calling somebody to go find tree E and then bring it up. Even though, here's the bad part about this. Those trees were on the sales floor, but it, it was a pull a pull tag thing. It was like, okay, the customer is going to pull it. They're going to go to the register and somebody else has to go get it. All right. That sounds like the worst. It, it, oh, it was terrible. And when you get to like 12 foot Christmas trees, you will about oh. kill yourself hauling those things around. It's terrible. Well, those big ones, usually they they are like, uh, can we get someone to help with the lift? And then we bring a big cart out and do it. Those aren't too bad. But um, we don't sell all that many 12-foot ones unless some business comes in. But, yeah, no, usually. And, I mean, there's a lot of, like, old people right. in our area. So we do a lot of care. Hey, I, I, I just I, I applaud your company for the fact that you're separate from the go go build it and display it that that's that's cool i'm glad that you're you dodged that you don't have to do that because it is a mess absolute mess and you know what we were doing um it's it's terrible because we would oh wow i got all sorts of spam on youtube i blocked it hold on guys I got Love Chat XYZ, best adult dating site. That's great. That's great. So that they're blocked. Hopefully that should uh um fix that. Uh I think I got them all. Wow, okay. Oh, the entire chat crash. That's even crazier. Okay. So hey, look, we're pop cranky, you're popular enough that we've got spam so that's great um but the christmas stuff is is amazing now what other big holidays do you like i'm gonna ask because i know it's a thing what's canada day (laughs) uh same as uh fourth of july except for canada okay so uh yeah when we well although we didn't fight for it, you know. The Queen signed us over our country. Oh, so the so. The, the Queen sold you out, is what you're saying? Oh, no, she signed it over. All nice, like, in 1867. Just said, here you go, you can have it. Wait, did you say 19... Sort did of. you say 1967? Sorry, 1867. I was fixing to say, whoa. I, 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 I was <laughs> born in 70. Wait a minute, that had to happen way before that. Um... Listen, I've been up since five this morning. So. <laughs> oh, see, she's dedicated to the cause. Um, she's great, guys. She's got a lot of experience in this stuff. She posted a picture a couple of weeks ago, and you know how you see the memes online about like pictures you can smell or you can taste. And she had a picture of like her arm, like uh, I can't get it in the camera, like from here to here, covered in dirt and dust from unloading a truck. I'm like, oh. We're bound by dirt and dust because I get the same thing. And if you work in a warehouse, you understand. It's like that your forearm up until your shirt sleeve just gets covered with black dirt and dust from these trucks, correct? Yep, 100%. That and moving anything around in the warehouse. Well, yeah. It was, yeah, it, it's, it's bad. Just black. It is. I mean, and, and you could, I, I could smell that picture. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you because there there is a certain must or musk yep. that comes with a truck. And when you're unloading, and here's the thing about unloading perishables, okay? The amount of pallets I've went through that I've gotten through like an entire pallet. I'm halfway down and you smell something. You're like, what is that? Oh, no. Busted cat food. 
gross. Yeah, it's extremely gross. And there's like gnats and stuff in it, and it, it oh, it, it's terrible. It's awful. Um, I, we were cleaning up after the move at the other store, and I did find some uh, cat food. It was under a shell. It expired in 2014. Ooh. Okay. That. Thankfully, it wasn't open or anything. Uh, okay. You you found that when? Uh, this like a month ago. Oh my God! And it went out of date in 2014. Yeah, it was. You know how some stores have drawers underneath their aisles. Yeah. So yeah, we used to have those, and we didn't use them anymore. And I think a cake plate got put up in front of this one drawer because it was uh, it wasn't actually attached to the aisle. And so, yeah, it was, it had some really, really, really old cat food in it. Ooh, well, you, you know what's funny is like if you're ever in a store where you're moving aisles and you have to lift up the base deck of the aisle, yeah. that's where you find the good stuff. I mean, but then you got, you got companies like Kmart. All right, so I was working at Kmart in Georgia and they sent a reset down for video games. And we had to change the signs on the video game case. So I want you to think about this for just a minute. I don't know if you play games, but you may be familiar with time frame and how old things are. When I was doing this, the Nintendo Wii U was out. All right. So we've come past Nintendo 64 and all that other stuff. So they're like, you got to take the signs down and move them. And I, and, I, and I couldn't put the sign up. And I'm like, what's going on here? So I started pulling the signs off. And there were signs still up that they had just put the new ones over from like a Sega Genesis, a Nintendo 64. Yes. <laughs> and I will never forget, this Kmart had me go through their grocery department and pull out of dates. And I had 27 shopping carts of out of dates in the stock room. Oh my goodness. 27. Uh, it, it's insane. And but you know, I give you credit. I mean, there's a certain kind of person who likes warehouse work, all right? Um there's a lot of reasons to like it. There number one being you're in the back and you don't have to deal with Karen's. All right, we we know this. Uh, obviously, um, before the chat got blowed up, uh, Hero had asked about people coming to the stock room, but you had kind of mentioned that prior. Yeah, that does happen. People randomly walk into the stock room thinking like they own the joint, looking for shit. But other than that, working in the stock room is a great thing from a mental standpoint because you do not have to deal with the mess out on the floor. Would you agree? Yes. For sure. I mean, I like I said, I, I enjoy what I do. I really do. It, it's it's hard as far as physical work goes, and it, I mean it's hot and it's sweaty and and whatnot. But for three to four hours out of my shift, I'm not out on the floor. I don't have anybody in my way. I don't have anybody asking me questions. I'm just doing my thing. It's great, and I think that's a. Uh, an underlying thing that people don't understand about working in a warehouse is there's some peace to that, even though it's hard work. Definitely. Yeah. Well, even, uh, I guess it was Friday. I was rearranging. Cause like I said, I have to tear half the warehouse cause work doesn't know what they're doing. Um, I was moving around the ready to assemble furniture just all day by myself. I didn't even have anyone helping me because you know how sometimes it's like I can just do it easier myself if I'm reorganizing because I don't have to tell them what I'm thinking. Right. And, uh, you know, like just most of the day all by myself. Like it was hard, hard work because obviously that stuff's heavy, but it was nice just to like not have to talk to anybody, not have to worry about customers, just do my thing and go home at the end of the day. I have numerous people ask me from time to time. Oh, you're back here by yourself? And I'm like, yeah, by choice. I'm good. I mean, I, I mean, I, re- I really do enjoy it. And, you know, coming from the background that I came from and running stores and getting all the phone calls and whatnot, man, I'm, I'm good. And it, it, it is a shame to see, you know, from a logistics standpoint, when the product comes in, how bad warehouse help has gotten recently 
It has nothing to do with us in the stores. I mean, we we don't control that. But you can tell when there's problems because all of a sudden the pallets are terrible or whatnot. But I will say that in my current situation, that if you took all the back stock in our current location, it might be. It might be two pallets as tall as me. All right? Two for a store that is phenomenal volume. Two pallets. Okay? And we got people in our store who's never worked in back rooms in like hardcore retail and understand the pain that we go through that think we have to us back stock. And I'm like, this is nonsense. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, well, like you said, we have a 30,000 square foot warehouse. And uh, I mean, actually it's getting better now because we've, we've flushed a bunch of stuff and sent it to the floor and whatnot. Because we had a lot of new people on the floor too that just don't really know how to fill properly, which it sounds easy and obvious, but clearly not. Um, but uh, like it's starting to empty out, but I mean, it's it's pretty dang full back there. Like it's, we were hurting for room for a while and 30,000 square feet. Like we got a lot. So wait a minute, we're, we're in July. Um, do you have Christmas product yet? Uh, no, we're starting to get hockey. Hockey. Uh, they're doing the merching for hockey, and then hunting is really big around here. Uh, Christmas will come, what are we, July, August, probably end of August, we'll get the merchandise for, start getting merchandise for Christmas. Wow, really? Uh, the end of August? Yeah. Re- well, we got to get Halloween first. That late? Look, let me tell you something. The, the, the most eye-opening experience for me ever in my entire career when I was a store manager for Hobby Lobby, okay, we're and I'm in Georgia, all right? So you know about North Carolina. You know how hot it gets. We're in, like, June, right? And I get this phone call, like, in the middle of June. Hey, there's a truck at your back door. But, okay. And I go back there. It is a 52-foot semi full of Christmas trees in, in June. Now, my birthday's in August. I will never forget. This is the first time I ever experienced this in retail because they did so much seasonal stuff. My birthday wasn't even here yet. And it's like the first three weeks of August. Second week of August, I'm out on like this display platform putting up Christmas trees and like building them and fluffing them out. I'm like, oh my God. And I I just want to say for everybody watching, the Hobby Lobby is the reason I give no shits about Christmas. I could care less if I have a Christmas tree in my home. The only reason we have one is for my wife and my children. That's it. I, I don't care. I don't want to see another Christmas tree for as long as I will live because of that mess. But it was terrible. See, and I've noticed, like, because, um, like, even back-to-school stuff, like, we haven't started our back-to-school stuff quite yet, and school starts i mean we start school later we don't start till september but uh and we're, we're out in june and we start in september like end of june and start in september really I, I, yeah yeah Ooh. so but um like i noticed that about the u.s is that they're always like way early on on um whatever they call holidays yes they are like we we don't set i think our target set up for christmas is october oh wow so we set up Halloween for September and then Christmas gets October. But I mean, we got to do hockey and hunting and all sorts of stuff. Well, that's crazy that. because like a Hobby Lobby, for instance, you know, by the time Christmas hit, uh, our main aisle by our checkouts was like a display run. It kind of is like where you, you, it, it was, um, what they call um, a focus aisle. By the time Christmas yeah. rolled around, I mean, I had Valentine's on that aisle right there at the front. Christmas hadn't yeah. even happened yet, and I had Valentine's up. And that's one thing about in the United States that you will see, and you're right, is we're really fast on the holiday switchover. As somebody that I know used to call it the, the switch-up change-up. And what we would do is, I mean, when I worked for Dollar Tree, they would try to tell us that, like, there was a certain day that they wanted to start 
doing the set for the next holiday, but the store I was in did so much business that I would set it early because, I mean, that's what was going there anyway and whatnot. But I, I appreciate the fact what you guys are doing in Canada because it, Hybrid just said, so Canada is where it's at. I guess so because, yeah, I mean, you know, just go into any Walmart or wherever in the United States as the holidays roll through, you'll see it all of a sudden. And that's why everybody gets mad. They're like, Oh my God, Halloween's not even here yet. I mean, having it up in having it up in October, even people are like, "Oh my goodness, it's so early!" Blah 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 blah, and it's like, dude, you don't even know. So is Halloween a big deal like, in Canada? Yeah, it's the same. Oh really? As it's very similar. Are you a Halloween fan? Oh, good, yes. good, good. So, so am I. Yeah, we take it's our kids' oh, favorite. Well. I don't know about my kids. I don't, I don't think they really favor that as much as it's Christmas. But, my, you know, I got married on Halloween. So my wife and I, you know, we had a Nightmare Before Christmas wedding cake. And, uh, yeah, uh, Mad Dog shared a meme with us on Facebook where somebody's like, oh, my God, I can't believe they have Halloween merchandise out. But the couple was Gomez and Morticia saying, oh, look, new home decor's out. <laughs> It's kind of like here. So, but anyway, we're sitting at an hour six, I believe. I want to thank you because you're kind of like a fan favorite. I mean, you know, you're great. You know, you have a lot of knowledge and this has been a lot of fun. And like I said, we haven't talked about back rooms. So I want to thank you for taking the time to be here. I know the, the what, what time is it there where you're at right now? Uh, it is seven o'clock. So we're sitting here a little bit after we're nine. So, seven, yeah. you know, she got family to go take care of. So everybody tell her, thank you for being here. It's awesome. I'm glad we finally got her on. Um, I don't know what's coming next week. Just want to let you guys know. So it could be whatever. Um, I'm getting ready to start filling up the schedule for August. I've got a couple of things already planned, but I don't want to announce it yet until I get it done. Hero says, Cranky, thank you for being here. Um, well, thanks for Oh, absolutely. In. So, uh, Hybrid says the same. So, thank you so much for being here. Um, I'll have the audio up of this sometime a little bit later this evening. What I'll do is I export it. We'll be good to go. Irish says thank you as well because, you know, he's, he's right there with you with, you know, Celsius and metric so <laughs> he he understands um is there do you have any last words ma'am i don't think so thanks for tuning in i i don't know yeah I, uh, you're you're always a good chat and if you guys like i said i have here on oh, the thanks. screen if you're on twitter please go follow her at manager cranky she has a lot of great insight to the stuff that we deal with every single day so Go check her out. I mean, she, she knows her stuff, man. She she is she's hardcore because working in those warehouses and those buildings, that is not for the faint of heart. Would you not agree? I definitely, definitely. Agree. Awesome. Yeah. All right, everybody have a great night, and we will see you next week.